Attention, you're listening to the Todd Huff Radio Show, America's home for conservative, not bitter talk radio. Be advised that the content of this program has been documented to prevent and even cure liberalism, and listening may cause you to lean to the right. Here's your conservative, but not bitter host, Todd Huff. All right, my friends, you have made a wonderful decision today by tuning in to America's Home for Conservative. Not bitter talk, as my vast team of attorneys has, um, well, instructed me, advised me, I guess is the right word. I need to let you know that listening to this program can cause you to lean to the right. In fact, if you're operating heavy machinery this morning or whenever you're listening to this program, exercise extreme caution because you may find yourself, in fact, you likely will find yourself leaning to the right, which can be a problem when you are trying to operate a vehicle or other heavy machinery. I should also advise you that 98% of scientists, it is remarkable, 98% of scientists agree that listening to this program on a regular basis can stop and even reverse, even reverse, my friends, those incredibly negative side effects that come from being exposed to the radical left. It's good to be here today. Email Todd at ToddFShow.com. Also join our online community. Open a free account, community.toddhuffshow.com. We're going to be doing more and more and more there. In fact, even at some point, doing uh, doing some live events that you can join and we can discuss other things in more detail, have an Ask Todd stream that we're looking at starting, all kinds of fun stuff there, community.toddhuffshow.com. Those things we are building, um, and there might be different, different, I guess, levels of... You know, we may have a free and paid version, but everybody can have a free account there and connect and comment on the stuff that you find there, post your own things, and join the community, community.toddhuffshow.com. So I want to start today. Um, got a couple of things in the stack of stuff here that I want to do. And I want to start kind of by tying up a little bit just maybe a couple of loose, I don't know, some uh, some loose threads on the abortion Roe v. Wade stuff this week. And then Monday, if you may not, uh, you probably know this by now. Sometimes I, if you're like me, you put your nose to the grindstone, get, get after it, and you're staying busy, and you look up and you say, man, Monday is Independence Day, 4th of July. So uh, we'll have some words about that. We will not be here on Monday. Be taking the extended holiday weekend, and it'll be a opportunity to refresh our batteries. I hope you are able to do the same while also celebrating and remembering the wonderful, wonderful opportunities we have by being American and the freedoms that are bestowed upon us by those brave leaders, the founding fathers 
nearly 250 years ago, uh, starting this uh, starting this nation, right? Fighting tyranny, and it's a battle that in, that we still face and are enduring today. So there's will be some words that I say about that as well. But let's start here by maybe tying up a few loose ends um, as it pertains to the Roe versus Wade. I don't know. Uh, overturning, I guess, last week. Um, I want a couple of things. I've kind of hit, I've hit a little bit on, I guess I would say the good, the bad, and the ugly in the, this over the course of this week. And by the way, we've gone through this extensively this week. If you want to hear more about what we have to say, including the background on Roe v. Wade, some of the other reasons the radical left is so upset about the Supreme Court, what the Supreme Court's role really is, why this is a good decision, no matter what your opinion on abortion. If you want to listen to any of those episodes, and if you haven't heard them, of course, I'm maybe slightly, slightly biased here. I highly encourage that you do. Just go back and look at, um, you can go to the podcast, several ways you can listen. You can download our podcast on Apple Podcasts or Spotify or wherever, or you can go to the community.toddhuffshow.com, or you can also just go to our website, toddhuffshow.com slash listen, and just go back to this week's episodes. And depending upon when you're listening, this week may not be helpful too much. This would be what, July, excuse me, June. What was Monday? Look back at the calendar here. June the 27th, 28th, 29th, 30th, and of course today, Friday, July 1st. So I want to start with kind of quickly, really quickly here, going through what I call the good, the bad, and the ugly in the wake of the Dobbs decision, which overruled Casey and Roe. First, I think the good opportunities are that, or the good, well, the good opportunities are that we have this chance to teach and to persuade people. Now, there's an art to this. In fact, there's some things that um, you know, we're, we've got some, one of my passions, let's, let's put it this way, one of my, one of really what I've, I feel like I can help is help people to be more persuasive conservatives or just more persuasive people in general, but specifically in the area of conservative principles and values and so forth. And, you know, we, one of the things I want to really build out and provide more to you all, for those of you who are interested, is is help um, through what I guess I would call conservative, not bitter university, where we can help others become more persuasive conservatives and have some courses and there's some tips and tricks and things that, that matter. But we have this opportunity and I guess I'll say just in summary here, the opportunity, we have to be able to capitalize on it. And just if you take in notes, just one of the ways, well, there's several ways to do this. Number one, um, listen. Listen. I, I'm amazed by people who think I'm just going to walk into the room and just tell them what's up and everybody is, is going to be just overwhelmed by my you know, not me personally, but if someone thinks this, they're just going to be overwhelmed by my intellect and ability to just speak the truth, drop the microphone, and walk out of the room. That's not, in my opinion, how this typically goes. In fact, you may have heard the old adage, those convinced against their will are of the same opinion still. So you have to earn that right, 
we have to earn that right to be able to to share our opinion. That's why it starts with listening. And when it's time to speak, the first thing we should speak are questions. The first thing we should speak are questions. And then, and I've shared this on here before, I had a I had a liberal Democrat who was on our sales team. I won't say her name, but she came to me uh, and was really, at first when she was first here, was trying, she was really wanting to fight about Trump. It was when Trump was president. And I just let her say whatever. I didn't ever get into it with her. But um, eventually, after a few weeks, I think she knew that I wasn't going to do that. And she, I think she kind of got intrigued. And she asked me my opinion, and I told her my opinion on whatever the issue was. And over the course of time, we learned, we learned that we had more in common than the uh, labels would suggest. I'm a conservative Christian. She was a liberal. Well, she told, she said she was a liberal Democrat, but she was she was pro Second Amendment. I'm pro liberty in in a lot of ways. We agreed without without me compromising one constitutional conservative principle. I would say we agreed on two thirds, maybe a little bit more, maybe seventy percent or so. And over time, we I earned the right to speak to her. She, I, I, I think she knew that I wasn't there just to win an argument. That's an important point too. We can't think I want to win and I want them to lose. This is about coming alongside of each other or someone else, and helping them hear and receive truth. And that's the thing about conservative principles. They're rooted They're rooted in truth. And so you've heard it said before, although some people dispute this, but you've heard it said probably that the word education, part of that means to, to draw from within. It's not Education isn't simply just giving people facts and figures and having them memorize it, and now they know what information. No, there's more to it than that. In fact, this past weekend at our... Uh, our, our pastor was talking about the difference between wisdom and knowledge. And you've heard me say on this program before that um, <laughs> we have virtually as much information at our fingertips that we could possibly imagine, but we don't know collectively as a society, as a whole, in our culture, how to put that information together, how to analyze, synthesize, make sense of um there's, there's no wisdom. There's a difference. Wisdom is the application of knowledge. Simple knowledge. You hear people say knowledge is power, and I'm not going to say that that's false, but you, <laughs> we have to know what to do with the knowledge. You know, you've heard people say that stats can be used to prove anything, and that's because there's no, you have to be able to analyze and think through and understand why and ask the difficult questions. And the point is, conservative principles are rooted in truth, and so the idea is if we're able to connect with people and genuinely listen and care for them, in fact, I would say the starting point is to first become the right type of person. I mean, you have to genuinely care about people. We can't think, I just want to tell them off. <laughs> or, and we've all been there. In fact, I got an email from a, a listener who emails us regularly that said something to the effect about that recently. Isn't there just the time that you want to kind of smack them. <laughs> and the truth is no. Maybe, well, at some point in my past, I would say yes, but no, I want to persuade. And there's an opportunity to do that now. There's an opportunity now also to influence state laws on abortion. There's the opportunity now to save 
the lives of unborn children. I want to interject here really quickly, and I'm doing, trying to do better at keeping us on time, so I'm going to take a time out in a second. But one of the things I've heard is that for those, especially Christian conservatives, those who are celebrating the Roe you know, Ro being overturned, um, you know, some people, some people say, "Hey, don't be, don't be celebrating spiking the football. Keep it dignified and all that." Uh, you've not heard me say that, but I, I do think we should be mindful. I think we should be mindful. You've heard how I, I mean, I approach this program the way that I think is best for me to approach this issue. I didn't celebrate. I said it was a good decision. I think it's important, and even. <laughs> even outside of the reason, or even outside what the issue was, which was abortion, but just to get our government back in the direction, working, the, working in the ways that it was supposed to work. That's encouraging to me. It's also very encouraging to me that there's, the Supreme Court has realized that there's not a constitutional right to abortion. And, but my, I'm not going to spike the football. I mean, we might, you know have a little fun on issues from time to time. But the bottom line for me is, is to be able to make sure the other side knows it's not personal for me. It isn't. And to know that I genuinely want to persuade them. Now, I also know, I also know that there's a certain amount of people that simply are not going to be persuaded. And that's just a fact that we're going to have to deal with. And that's okay. That's okay. We're not, we're only trying to persuade those that want to be persuaded. Not everyone is willing to engage, even engage, right? I mean, you see some people, I saw one guy being interviewed. Well, the guy was trying to interview him and he just kept blowing a whistle. That was his response to everything. There was no dialogue. There wasn't even name calling in the typical kind of obstinate, defiant response and the arguing and so forth. They were just blowing the whistle constantly as the guy was asking questions. So there's some people that are not going to, but it still doesn't mean that we shouldn't engage if they don't want to. That's fine. I mean, there's plenty of people out there, um, and there's a lot of people that want to at least understand where people like us come from. But one of the things I've heard from – I have to do this. Actually, I'm going to pause because I'm, i am I got to get better at staying on time, especially as we start to syndicate another market. So timeouts in order. I got – couple more things to say about the good, the bad, and the ugly in the wake of this Supreme Court decision. Um, and then maybe hit on a few of the, the things, the objections that uh, people have given regarding how they would try to argue against the pro-life position and so forth. So we'll touch on a few of those. And then I want to talk about uh, maybe Independence Day. Well, I definitely want to talk about that, but I'm just thinking about the time and how much more we can get to. But I definitely want to get to that as well because – I just want to make sure that we state clearly for anyone who's listening and just for my personal, there's something that happens to me personally when I express these things verbally and I kind of have to do it. And so I want you to hear it because it matters enough for me to say it. I think that you'll relate to it. If you don't, I hope that maybe uh, you could be persuaded to see just and, and connect or to share the gratitude that uh, that many Americans like myself have for living in this country. Independence Day is a time to recognize and celebrate that. Timeout is in order, though, my friends. Again, we will not be in on Monday, but we will be here getting after it the rest of the day. Sit tight, my friends. Back in just a minute.
I don't, by the way, I welcome you no matter what your political ideology. I don't hate you. I mean, <laughs> it's amazing to me how, how divisive this country has become. And even if they're, I still just, that's, we shouldn't embrace that sort of approach anyway. But just from a practical perspective, I just, I don't understand. I don't understand the desire to hate somebody that, Maybe you could persuade. I don't know. Anyway, maybe that's just uh, just me. <laughs> but of course, I know many of you agree with that as well. So um, let's get now. Well, I, I left off. I want to say this because I've heard this a lot. I've heard this a lot. Um, and I've heard this from uh, in, in churches and from Christians. And there's there's truth in this too. So I want to I be fair with this. Um, but you've probably heard the response that says, you know, the church needs to step up, you know, because now there's going to be somewhere in America, maybe lots of somewheres in America, regulations on abortions, and there's going to be fewer abortions. I'm trying to make sure I say this accurately, or at least what seems to be one potential outcome here, right? Even though there's all these corporations, these woke corporations who are saying, look, We'll we'll send you you know we'll give you up to four thousand dollars of travel expenses to go outside of your state to have an abortion if that's if that's what you need um, you know towing the the leftist line abortion is health care and my body my choice which we talked about earlier this week which I I just those are those are talking points that are not rooted uh, in in reality. Um, but it's still effective and it's still emotional. And I get that people have emotions to this. There, there are some tough questions that come up along along the way here for people. I look. I it is. There are there are things that we can empathize with and understand and and you know understand the complexities and so forth. But the balance is obviously still respecting the life of a human being and the rights of people at all stages of life, whether it's from the very earliest stage, young, you know, uh, young woman or the, the husband or the boyfriend, all these different, you know, individuals and so forth. But I've heard, I've heard churches say, hey, the church or some church leaders, Christian leaders say the church needs to step up. And look, I think that in general, that's probably always true. The church isn't, I mean, technically, uh, ecclesia, the called the called out ones, the the members, the individual members of the body of Christ, members of the people, individuals who are uh, believers and who are called to follow Christ, who have accepted that call anyway. We're all called to do that. But if if they, if, if we, um, I think we should always ask what what should we do. But first and foremost, I want to point out that there's a there are a lot of people who have already stepped up, and I think sometimes that gets overlooked. In fact, I'm amazed sometimes. I listen to some of my atheist contacts and friends and colleagues and so forth, and they'll say uh, they'll just universally bash Christians, and I whatever. I mean, it doesn't it does not phase me. 
at all. They can say whatever they want. It doesn't. It has. It has literally almost zero effect on me. Now, if I think they're saying something that's true, then I would say, you know what, I agree with that. And I think sometimes Christians don't do a good job of that, or whatever. But in general, it's just a lot of, you know, maligning people that they don't like what they what they believe in. So, um, but if you look at Christians have done a tremendous amount of good in the world. Yes, there are examples of some bad things Christians have done. And by the way, I have said on many accounts, many occasions, that no matter what group of people you're talking about, you will find some really bad people in the group and you know some people who are doing good things as well, right? I mean, this is just the nature of humanity we're all we're all broken we've all we've all made bad decisions and done bad things and some um, have done some incredibly atrocious things as well but the point is if you look at on its whole there's a lot of christians that have done a lot of wonderful wonderful things and if you look at almost any educational say a college, university. Look at the founding. Look who founded these places. Look who founded hospitals and so forth. Um, the vast, vast majority of them are were professing Christians. And again, that doesn't say that, that on the one hand, that doesn't mean, I guess you could say, you know, that's what we should, those are the sorts of things we should be doing. But to act like Christians haven't done anything is a far cry from reality. So, what I'm getting at is you don't have to, you don't have to personally adopt a child or become a foster parent to be able to say it's morally wrong to murder an unborn child. That is not a requirement. Just like it's not a requirement to say, well, let, let's say, let's say, for example, well, let me think of, a, of an example here. I had some that I had thought about the other day. Um, but let's say that you know, that you believe that someone who commits murder should be arrested and go to prison, which I would agree. In fact, I would even contend that um, it's justifiable to talk about the death penalty, but some people, I don't want to go there today. But let's just say we at least agree that they need to be arrested, and if they committed the crime, face the consequences, which should at least be a really, really long time in prison, um, if not, if not more than that. So in order to say that, like let's let's say that this person let's say that this person murdered his wife in this hypothetical example and they had children but he didn't thankfully he didn't harm the children do you have to be do you have to be willing to adopt those children to say that that murderer should go to prison now again I'm not arguing please don't misunderstand I'm not arguing that a woman who gets an abortion should go to prison I'm simply saying just because you agree that something is morally wrong and not just morally wrong, but infringes directly, clearly upon the life, liberty, life, liberty, property um, of someone else, pursuit of happiness, just as murder would in the one example or abortion would in our larger conversation in the context here. You don't have to be willing to adopt the children to say that the government has an interest in protecting, saying that that's wrong and that that should be prevented, you don't have to be willing 
to take that next step. Now, do I agree that as Christians that we're called um, to do things that in those in that direction? Yeah, but I also think far be it for me to tell you <laughs> to tell you that you have to agree to adopt children or foster them or whatever or give you know more money to some group or whatever because you believe that those things are not they're not tied together you can believe one but also look i do think in general the church should be being the church right i mean so i do agree in both concepts i just i just think or with both of those ideas but i don't think that they're connected as closely as some people think they they are um because again human life needs to be protected at all stages i think that's a very fair and very biblical assessment i also think that as the church we should be involved but again there's not some trade-off that says you can't you know demand or argue or believe that the rights of the unborn need to be protected unless you're willing to do A, B, and C. That's just not the way that it works, and it shouldn't work that way. We all have individual lives, callings, opportunities, uh, skills, resources, whatever. But I will say, if you feel compelled, even in the slightest, to do something in that direction, then maybe you should follow that. Maybe you should at least pursue it. You know, look into what does it mean to be. We have we have friends that are now foster parents. I've learned a lot from watching them go through it. They would tell me some of the things they were doing. Um, we have friends that have adopted. You know, we've we've talked. It's something that I think a lot of people talk about or think about. Um, you know, we're again depending on the stage you're at. It's it's easier. You know, there's realities, right? I mean. We're traveling the country for the show. Can't just take some kid that I don't, that's not my biological kid with us right now. I mean, they're, they're, my point is that individual circumstances matter. So, but that is one of the things I've heard as an objection to people. Unless you're ready to adopt, you can't say this. Well, that's just, that's not how we live any other uh, part of our life. Yes, I agree. You're right in part in saying that the people who profess um, to care and to uh, to care about these children, or in the case of Christians, profess to to serve a God that loves those children. Should we should see results from that group of people where they're stepping forward? But to say it's this individual or every individual, that's not that's not the right way to look at it either. And it's certainly not a prerequisite to have to be willing to do some sort of a checklist to say that this is an infringement upon the right of this human being, even though that person is in the earliest stages of development. Pretty, pretty cut and dry to me, but then again, um, you know, others are, you're free to disagree, um, but I just, I don't see it uh, any other way. Quick time out, my friends. Got some other things I want to get to after the break, including some words on Independence Day. We are fortunate beyond our wildest imaginations to live in this wonderful country. Back here in just a minute, my friends. Welcome 
Welcome back, my friends. Really quickly here before we get on to the Independence Day stuff, which I really want to get to as well. I'm going to go through some of the things that I've heard and just really quickly some responses to these things as well, these objections, if you will. Um, you're only pro-life until it's, they like to use the word it's, born the child. Again, um, in essence, it is not true that in order to be pro-life, you have to have a federal program. I mean, first of all, there's no federal program to save the lives of unborn children. So why does it follow that there should be federal programs that I must support in order to be pro-life after that child is born? There are plenty of things that conservatives do, that limited government people do, like give to charity, personally get involved, do things through their church and so forth to help children and parents and I've seen these things. I've been involved with some of these things. They work at, I mean, boy, I, ran a, I ran a boys and girls club. So, I mean, this is not a valid objection. These are, this is for people who believe that in order to be in favor of anything, you have to be in favor of the government-run, taxpayer-funded program, which is always less efficient, always does a worse job, never actually solves the problem. It just is good at throwing, out, throwing money at problems and never getting any results for it. So that's that's how I would address that. I've also heard people make what I consider a bizarre argument. They say something along the lines of I can I'm going to read something that I saw from one of a, a social media post. I can kill my brother. This is I'm reading someone's quote here. By choosing to not give him a bone marrow transplant and society and the law recognizes that doing that procedure is something far less invasive for me uh, for me is 100% my choice alone. Um, This is a post that someone was basically saying, hey, um, if the government can't force me to give my brother or whoever bone marrow or a kidney or whatever, how can they they say I can't do something or I have to go through the process of having the child? Well, first of all, they're different. First of all, you're not killing... It's, it's almost as though people don't understand the definition of murder. To say I can kill my brother by not giving him bone marrow or a kidney or whatever um, is not the definition of murder. Now, you can make the case, certainly, that, hey, if you love your brother and you can give him a kidney and doctors tell you that um, it will save his life, that, I mean, you would think that we would... Most people, all people would really consider doing that. I mean, it's, it's a good thing. I don't, no one can, dis- I'm not disputing that. But it's not murdering. You, you can't compare, first of all, you don't know, in this person's example, that bone marrow transplant is going to work or that the kidney is going to, you know, take and it's actually going to do what doctors think it's going to do. We 100% know the intention of an abortion is to actually kill the intention of withholding, of, of not agreeing to do something else is not the same. This is, these are not the same thing at all. One action is, del- is directly, deliberately, intentionally, by my own choice, is choosing to end the life of someone's, someone's life. The other is something that could result in saving the life, but it doesn't mean that I killed the person if I chose not to do it again. Doing it would be a good thing, donating the bone marrow, the kidney. 
but there's no guarantee that it works. And there's a difference. There's a difference between choosing to deliberately. My intentions are to kill something is much different than consequences of decisions, consequences of uh, decisions, especially when there's no guarantee in the outcome if I did what these folks say that I should do. Again, not saying that you shouldn't. In fact, I would think most decent people would probably go through with these things. But again, it's not all, there's other risks and, and, and other uh, considerations. And it's not the same thing as deliberately saying, I want this life to be ended. Not, it's not the same thing. I've heard people say they don't care what the Constitution says, which I don't even know what to say to that. Um, I've, <laughs> I've heard threats. If abortions aren't safe, you aren't either. And that's supposed to scare us. I guess if you are not pro-abortion, then the radicals are going to come for you. I've seen that spray-painted on buildings and so forth. Um, one of the common things are Republicans or conservatives or pro-lifers are in favor of forced pregnancies. Again, it's, it's as though cause and effect is misunderstood here. No one is forcing anyone to get pregnant. The issue is the life that has been created needs to be protected. If it doesn't, then explain to us why it doesn't and why it's not a valuable and important consideration for the state to make to protect that life because the first and foremost job of our government is to protect life, the life, liberty, and pursuit of happiness of all, of all people. Um. I can't get to all these time. Time is just not on my side here today. But I've got some other questions, the things that I've heard. But you've heard things as well. And there's other, look, there, there are questions that I, conversation is not, is not a bad thing. And you know what? You don't have to have all the answers. So I, don't, I don't know, right? But statistically, most abortions are done for convenience. They are elective, a lot of these things on the side, saving the life of the mother, rape and incest, these are very, very small. In fact, I remember reading C. Everett Koop. C. Everett Koop said, what was he, Surgeon General back in the day, said that in his 35 years of medical experience, he had never, he was not aware of a single instance where an abortion was necessary to save the life of a mother. That's his words, not mine. You can find that. In fact, I've got some of those statistics and quotes um, on our show notes page. I think it's earlier in the week, though. I don't think it's today's. But anyway, quick time out. When we get back, going to talk Independence Day, 4th of July, this country, the beauty of the things that we have here. And we'll do that when we get back from the break. Sit tight, my friends. Back in just a minute. All right, my friends. This weekend, actually on Monday... Monday is Independence Day. Monday is the day that we celebrate. We celebrate as the day that our founders, our founding fathers, um, well, <laughs> signed. I'm going to simplify it. There's you know, some signatures and, I mean, timelines just, notwithstanding here, but the, the day that the, the declaration was basically put into effect, the de- Declaration of Independence. And the founders took a, obviously, a monumental risk. They put everything on the line, as they put in that beautiful document. They put 
We mutually pledge to one another our lives, our fortunes, and our sacred honor. And they meant it. In fact, you can see the, the consequences or the, the price that was paid by the founders and by all Americans. But there was no choice. There was no choice left to be made. And that was because of the tyrannical government and the king of England and how he had consistently eroded, ignored the liberties and freedoms and rights of the American colonists. And it started off, I mean, smaller and it got larger and more complicated over time as far as what the king was willing to do to almost make a point in a lot of instances. He's the boss, they're the subjects, and the founders, in fact, if you read the Declaration, what are there, 27, uh, 27 grievances in the Declaration where they've tried, they basically tried everything in their power to, to, to find some way to work with this the, the king. And they, he was simply not willing to do that, not willing to accept and recognize their God-given right. In fact, his, he thought that his, it was his God-given right uh, to be their ruler. And so the founders, of course, said, we're done with this, and they declared their independence. And, of course, we know what happened. Well, depends on who you are. The listeners of this audience know, but a lot of people don't know. They think that the revolution was fought against uh, Norway or some such thing. But that's the, the, the starting point. And friends, the, the ideas embraced by the founders that we have our rights that come not from government but from God and that people are citizens and not subjects. These ideas transformed planet Earth as we know it. Absolutely, radically transformed planet Earth. And we are all the beneficiaries of that, my friends. We are all the beneficiaries of that. America is a shining city on a hill. America is a beacon of hope. America is a place that attracts people. It's why, from all over the world, it's why people want to come here. I understand why people want to come here. What I don't understand is why people want to come to this place if it's as the left describes it. If it's anything remotely close to how terrible the left describes this place, the radical left, no one would want to come here. But that's not the case. People flock here. People dream of coming here. I got a good friend, one of our guest hosts, Chris Dunham. Chris Dunham in, um, immigrated here legally from, from India and is now a citizen. And he's got a great story about that. But this is a great place. It was not perfect. Slavery was, was terrible. I've been through this. But there were many, many good principles and ideas that this nation founded or that they at least acknowledge and put into their foundation. How about that? And we should celebrate that. We are fortunate. We are better off from a standard of living perspective than 90. I just, and I'm not, your circumstances are your circumstances. Everyone has tough circumstances at different times. Some have extreme circumstances. I'm not talking to that. I'm talking about just the overall opportunity and standard of living of being an American. And we have a lot to be grateful for, a lot to celebrate this weekend. So, gonna take a time out. Listening to Conservative Not Better Talk, I'm your host, Todd Huff, back in just a minute. Welcome back, my friends. It's also important, I think, and it's 
when I when I express my gratitude for my country, I'm also reminded of my gratitude uh, for you. I I am blessed uh, hearing, having you listen, hearing from you. Um, no matter how you listen, no matter how I hear from you, I just I, I am grateful. And in spite of all the stuff happening in this country, in spite of Biden's presidency and some of the challenges and struggles we face, still, still the greatest place in the history of planet Earth. And I am blessed to be here, and so are you, my friends. Thank you so much for listening. Happy Independence Day. See you Monday or Tuesday, SCJ.